I want to look now at learning outcome four, part two. And this is where communication is vital. This is the subject of conflict. And we're going to look in this session at where conflict occurs or the sources of conflict through the life cycle and maybe ways that we can actually deal with conflict. So how do we respond to conflict? So if you've worked any time at all in a project, you won't have any difficulty in answering the question, where in the life of a project does conflict arise? So we could start at the beginning and we could say, well, look, you know, in the, in the concept phase, we're writing a business case and we're coming up with high level requirements. Well, the rationale, the business case, people are going to disagree. They're going to have different objectives for the project. They're going to want something different from the project in terms of benefits. They have a different perception of the costs. The requirements, there will be people saying, well, I think these are the requirements we need. And other groups of stakeholders will say, well, no, actually, I don't agree with you. I want these. And of course, there's an affordability to that. But then, of course, we move into the, the planning of the project, the definition of the project, and people are now starting to think about um, different understandings of the schedule, the estimates, the, uh, the scope of the project, uh, the, the type of plans the project is going to produce. And you can see a lot of conflict there, particularly over estimating and planning. And then we start to move into the delivery of the project, into the deployment phase. And this is where we're now starting to perhaps place contracts or give work out to suppliers. And there's a lot of conflict in that world, particularly in contracts. So the, the contractor, um, third party contractor, wants this amount for the work, we want it for less. So there's conflict, which of course has to be resolved. And then there are defaults, so where somebody has produced something and it's not good enough, in our opinion, and they believe it is good enough. So that could happen through the life of the project, at the gates, or typically, and, and worst case scenario, at the end of the project, when we hand over the product to the teams, to the, the users, and they refuse to accept it because it's not what they want. They say things like, well, I'm not happy with that. It doesn't do this. And we say, well, we gave you what you asked for. And they say, well, yeah, but it's not what I want. And so then they refuse to pay. And then we take them to court. And you can see the whole thing can escalate. And some projects do end up in the courts for that. And then, of course, there's personal disagreements within all of that. So the question is, we recognize the source and we're prepared for that. So ways we can perhaps avoid that through good planning, good communication. But how do we respond to conflict when it stares us in the face? And there's a number of ways we can do this. We can either go in using our natural style. Our characters are all different. Some people run away from conflict. Some people kind of embrace it and, and roll their sleeves up ready for the fight. So we could do that, but we're gonna to suggest to you that that is not the best strategy. Uh, for, a, for a healthy, happy life and an effective outcome. So we're going to think about ways we can do this. So at the top level, we could say, well, this is all about outcomes and relationships. Outcomes and relationships. So I could take an assertive approach where I want to win, perhaps at the expense of the other party. And there may be reasons where we do that. Or we could say, well, actually, I think... The other party are quite important. They need a solution to this conflict that they can live with. And I need a solution to this that I can live with. So we have to sit down and cooperate. 
Um, uh, Kenneth Thomas and Ralph Kilman developed a conflict mode instrument, a model, uh, the, the Thomas Kilman model, which takes those thoughts and those concepts and puts them together into, into an, I think, quite a, an effective and easy to use model, which we'll have a look at. So the model itself has, has two sort of criteria, if you like. It, it says, if we put them into a form of a question, we could say, how important is the issue that is the center of the conflict? Is it not very important? Is it reasonably important or is it really important? And then we could say, well, okay, what about the other party or other parties? So how important is our relationship with them? Is it not important at all? It doesn't really matter whether I fall out with them. Is it fairly important? I've got to work with these people. Or is it vital? These are my customers, for example. I've got to maintain a good relationship with those. So by putting these two sort of, if you like, a vertical and horizontal axes with these two criteria on it, we can uh, see how the model works. So if we've got, um, let's take uh, an issue where it's vitally important that we get a good outcome and the relationship is vitally important that we maintain it and, and even build on it, then clearly that means we mustn't fight, we mustn't compete, we must collaborate. So it leads us into this role of sitting down and trying to uncover a solution perhaps that we haven't yet found. A win-win situation. So both parties come away thinking, that was great, we got, really got something out of that. And we have to work hard for that. And often that is the subject of good negotiating, which we'll look at in part three. Now let's take the other um, sort of quadrants, if you like, on the model. So let's imagine now that the issue is absolutely vital for us. We've got to have this outcome, but the relationship isn't very important. So typically this could be a, a transactional kind of relationship, maybe a supplier of, of low level goods and services. So, this is where we would compete. We would try to win even at the expense of the other party and they just have to live with it. And maybe they're competing as well, but that's what we try to do. And if the relationship fails, the implications aren't that great. We can always find someone else. But let's take the other extreme now. Let's imagine that the issue isn't really that important, but the relationship is. This is where we have to put pride aside, if we tend to have pride, uh, we put pride aside and we recognize that, you know, I really like this, but I could accept this, but we recognize that we're gonna give way to the other party. So this is where we accommodate. So the opposite of compete is accommodate. And this is where we let them have their way. It makes them happy, it maintains the relationship, and we haven't lost too much in the process. And again, in um, negotiating, this is an excellent tool for trading because perhaps we give away something that's not that valuable to us, but they perceive it valuable to them. And of course, the relationship um, is, is maintained and built. If we then take the bottom left, if you like, of the diagram, if you've created this diagram, um, then you've got where the issue isn't important to you and the relationship to you isn't important. And this means that you don't really have to get distracted by it. So this is where you avoid. 
Now, that may be avoid it completely and don't get engaged in it. So there's a minor disagreement in the team. It will pass over. Don't get involved. It will pass over. Not that important. Don't get involved. Um, or it might be that it, it, it will become important, but it's not important now. And this is where we avoid it at this moment in time. Yes, we push it down the road, we delay it, and we will have to deal with it at some point, but not now. So that gives us a strategy. And then the fifth uh, response, which is kind of in the middle somewhere, it's not really collaborate, but it's not really compete or accommodate or uh, avoid, it's we compromise. And it's always that sort of word that you say with a sort of note of sadness, we compromise. We, we had to both win and lose. But sometimes that's the only option. We agree to compromise. Not what we'd want, but we could live with it. And that's the Thomas Kilmer model, which is a very useful tool. Use it in your project. So rather than go in all guns blazing, if that's your style, pause, breathe deeply, remember the model. Is the relationship important? Is the issue really as important as I first thought? And if I understand those two um, uh, criteria, I can then decide what is my approach going to be? What is going to be most effective? So remember competing, accommodating, avoiding, collaborating, um, and you will do well in your negotiations.